Welcome to the More Than Fitness Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to another Drunk Cast Q&A on the More Than Fitness Podcast. It's currently 10.09 p.m. on a Sunday. My girlfriend and Carl are in the other room hanging out, about to go to bed. So I've got to I've got to keep it on the DL. Not too much excitement for this one. I can't get too enthusiastic. However, there's no promises. I never know how these things are going to go. I'm actually I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty solid. Just to give you a quick rundown, as I typically do with these drunk casts, um, of my my uh, repertoire of of drinks that I've got going on. I've got some some proper twelve Irish whiskey. I'm a uh, I'm a Conor McGregor fan, even though I currently heard he got into a little bit of a trouble with the law. So, uh, you know, I support him as a fighter. Uh, but I, it was the first time I've ever had his proper 12 whiskey, Irish whiskey, and it's pretty solid. It's a little bit different than the the bourbon that I'm used to. It's a little bit, I don't even know the correct terms and things to use, to be 100% honest, but it's a little bit sweeter. It's a little bit like tangier. It's not as oaky um, as as bourbon typically is. So other than that, I've got the proper 12. I've got the typical, uh, my, my, my trio of, of, of drinks, which is going to be the diet Coke, water, and alcohol. These three combinations, the water keeps you hydrated. The diet Coke is a little bit of caffeine. And then the proper 12, you've got to have a little bit of alcohol. Um, got to have a little bit of uppers, downers, hydration, everything in between. And that is how you have a successful experience on a podcast. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to do these. I'm definitely not as drunk as I normally am. Like I said, it's a Sunday and I was kind of late in doing this podcast. And it's also weird because uh, my girlfriend's not typically in the other room. It's just always different whenever you know someone's within earshot of what you're saying. So it's just, yeah, it's it's a little bit different than normal, but nonetheless... As you can hear from the, uh, hear that little little ice trinkling on the on the glass there. Let me take a little sippy sip and let's let's get the party started. I want to thank all of you guys for being here. Hope you guys are having a wonderful, whenever it is that you're listening to this. Hope COVID is doing okay in your neck of the woods. I'm currently in NYC. For those of you who have not kept up with my life. Um, and I guess that, that probably brings me to the first question. So somebody asked me, are you still in love with the apartment? So the apartment we got is, uh, it's, it's up on like 57th street and it's by the Hudson river and we really enjoy it. It's a one bedroom, one bath. And yeah, no, it's, it's me, my girlfriend, and Carl, my cat. We've been enjoying it a lot and it's, it's gotten a lot more homey over the past couple of weeks, because we've actually been getting shit in. We've got like, you know, bookshelf, we've got the TV, we've got Mal's uh, grandmother's rug. Uh, we have a table and things. The only thing we're really missing now is the couch. And that should be in very soon. We ordered it a couple months ago, but it should just takes a while to ship with COVID and everything. But when we get the couch in, I think we're going to be set on the on the apartment. We 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 do enjoy it, and and while it is very different than our place in Kentucky, as I look outside right now at my view, this big ass window right here, and I see tons, probably hundreds of 
windows and lights of these other buildings in front of me. It's just, it's very, it's different in the city. That doesn't mean it's different in a bad way. It's just different than uh, what, what Kentucky would be. But I'm adjusting nicely. Had a great weekend with some friends. Got to meet, meet up with some internet friends. So Jared Hamilton, some of you guys know him. Uh, also got to meet up again with Rico Incarnati, which is the videographer and photographer for Jordan Syatt. Some of you all may know him. Uh, and then the others were Alex Rosen and uh, Ryan. And I don't even know his last name right now. I know him by Body by Ryan on Instagram. Uh, but but they're they're all great dudes, internet friends. First time really meeting up except for Rico. Um, but we, we had a great time. Had some great food, some burgers. Then we got some amazing cookies at Levain Bakery here in New York City. If you ever come to New York City, definitely go to Levain Bakery. It is delicious. And of course, a little bit of alcohol. And yeah, it's been good. New York is cool. New York is not dead, as so many people would have you believe. Um, but yeah, so still in love with the apartment? Yes, I am still in love with the apartment. Um, okay, so let's go to the next question. If you could only do slash have one for the rest of your life between enjoyable diet, enjoyable workouts, or good sleep, what would you choose? Damn. So here, here's the thing. I typically do a little bit of research into each one of these questions and try and think out really good answers for you guys. But I wanted to kind of shoot from the hip with this one. I, I've, I've looked through them and I've, I've given them a little bit of thought, but this is actually the first time I'm reading this one. And I think whenever I read it just this once, I think good sleep is going to be what I'm going to have to choose. Ah, shit. I don't know. Enjoyable diet. If you could only if you could only choose one, enjoyable diet, enjoyable workouts, or good sleep, what would you choose? Yeah, I would choose good sleep. Uh, it's still, it's just, it, it would be so miserable to just have shitty. Some people listening to this are like, I have shitty sleep every night. It's not that bad. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I think it would definitely be good sleep would probably be first, and then enjoyable diet would be second, and then enjoyable workouts would be third. I need a little bit more context because enjoyable diet, if it's not an enjoyable diet, does that mean that I'm just like starving? Because that's definitely going to make a difference with things. So I think enjoyable diet would be second. Um, but yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna have to go with this one. All right, one sec. As you can hear the clinking of the glass, I'm going to take another sip of this, this Irish whiskey. Um, Okay, let's see. The next question is going to be, let me get another fitness one in here real quick. Info. Okay, so workouts, nutrition, etc. For those of us working on recomposition. Thanks. Okay, so body recomposition is going to be gaining muscle and losing fat at the same time. Excuse me, had to get a little bit of water there. Um, yeah, so recomposition. Here's the thing about recomposition. For it, it is possible, 
at multiple different levels in different contexts. Of, so multiple different levels, meaning different training experiences. So for beginners, it's going to be very likely. You can do things literally at 50 to 75% correct, and you can still see really good results. Uh, you can still see a little bit of recomp where you gain muscle mass and lose body fat at the exact same time. But as your training experience gets higher, that's whenever you're going to not be able to, uh, your chances of recomping are going to go down, right? So that's just something to consider. The more experience you are in the gym, the more that you've been lifting, the longer you've been lifting, at least correctly, the, the, the less chance that you're going to have to recomp. And so for people who are more intermediate to advanced, who have been lifting for a long time, I think that you would get a much better, uh, bang for your buck with your results if you would just pick one or the other. So I would say either build muscle or lose fat. So choose to either go in a calorie deficit or to go in a calorie surplus. You would just get much better results if you just cycle in between those, um, back and forth because, Recomping can be very tricky, tricky, especially, man, talking is difficult. It can be tricky, especially if you are doing it on your own and you don't know 100% what you're doing, right? Uh, one really good guide on this is going to be Jeff Nippert's guide to body recomposition. There's going to be a lot of stuff in there that you guys could, could check out um, if you want to try and do this on your own. If you don't want to do it on your own, I would highly recommend to hire. This is like, if you want to recomp, if you want to make some really amazing results in a pretty short period of time, like don't try and do it yourself. I would just try and hire somebody, you know, your boy, uh, you could hire me and then we could figure out the, the best road ahead for you. And it, it may be, I may say, okay, let's, let's do a really aggressive fat loss phase for four to six weeks. And then we will, uh, you know, shed off some fat. And then right after that, we'll switch gears, go into a muscle gaining phase, and that may work better for you. Uh, but if you do want to recomp, you're for sure wanting to recomp, you still need to decide which is more important. Is it going to be muscle gain or is it going to be fat loss? You can, you can do both, but whichever one you bias more, um, the, the better results you will get in that direction. So what I'm saying is if you want to lose fat more then I would say to set a very slight calorie deficit where you're losing, maybe, uh, you're either losing about a half pound a week, or you may even be maintaining, uh, and with recomposition, as far as, uh, measuring your progress, this is where the scale is only one tool and it may not be your best tool because if you're recomping, you know, you're gaining muscle and losing fat at the same time. So if your weight stays the same, you don't have a full picture of what's going on. So in this case, I would highly recommend to use measurements as well, especially pay attention to your waist because if your weight is maintaining, but your waist measurements are going down, well, that's probably a good sign that you are gaining muscle and losing fat at the same time. Uh, but if you want to bias fat loss, I would be in a slight calorie deficit. You want to set your protein to at least about a gram per pound for most people. That's you, you want a higher pro protein intake with this. Uh, but if you want to bias fat loss, do a slight calorie deficit and, um, 
uh, make sure that your training is on par, making sure that you're getting stronger over time. I, it's, it's, I can't delve too deep into this, um, but that's going to be the main gist of things. And if you would rather try and gain muscle mass more so than lose fat, well, then I would be in a slight calorie surplus. You're going to gain more muscle mass and lose a little bit of fat. Whereas if you were in a calorie deficit, you would lose more fat and maybe gain a little bit of muscle mass. And this is if everything else is in order besides just your nutrition. So training, stress, sleep, uh, all, all that kind, all that kind of stuff. And the more meticulous you are, even with things maybe like nutrient timing and, and how many boluses of protein you get within the day, um, that's all going to matter whenever you're trying to gain muscle and lose fat at the same time. Those little things that are like 10%, like food quality and then uh, nutrient timing and then all these all these different things for, for purely body composition reasons, um, they're, they're going to become more important. So I, I would say, uh, yeah, do that do that. And then, like I said, Jeff Nippert's guide, I think is a really good one. If you want to read a little bit more into this and there's plenty of, of YouTube videos and things. Um, I, I definitely need to make an article on this. So maybe this will be my motivation. Um, but that's, that's a good question. A lot of people have, and I think it can be confusing for people, but figure it out, which one you want to do. Uh, if you truly want to recomp either, do you want to focus on fat loss or do you want to focus on muscle gain and then set a slight calorie surplus or a slight calorie deficit um, in accordance to whichever one you choose? Or if you just or if you you're really advanced and intermediate lifter, I would actually say instead that you would be better off focusing all of your energy into one direction, such as fat loss for four to six weeks or um, uh, and, and then turning around and doing muscle gain for, you know, whatever, eight, 12, 16 plus weeks, uh, and just cycling back and forth between those instead of trying to do both at the same time, because what have to, happens often is people just end up spinning their wheels and, uh, you know, they don't make very good progress either way. They just make mediocre, mediocre progress in both directions. Whew. All right, that was a little mouthful. That calls for more whiskey. I don't know who I'm, you know, making an impression of. I tried to do my Conor McGregor, the Irish whiskey. I think I, I have, uh, my last name is McLeod. I know I've got a little bit of Irish in me. And I think actually it's it's supposed to be uh, like MacLeod. So like M-A-C-L-E-O-D. I think there's something, something over there. I have an Oma. She's German. And so, I don't know, some, some European nonsense is going on in my genetics somewhere. Um, so yeah, fun fact, got to drink some water real quick. Okay. Next question. <clears throat> Let's do this one. This one's fun and something I'm very interested in. Uh, someone said something, <laughs> they didn't even really ask a specific question. They just said something about building long lasting habits, question mark, please, <laughs> Um, and I, my answer for this one's not going to be, I think, super tactical or anything, because I, I think if you, if you want to get something really tactical about habits and everything like that, I think there's plenty of resources out there. I think books like Atomic Habits by James Clear is going to be a really good resource. Another good resource, um, would be shit. What's that book by Charles? Doig. It's the habit loop. 
Hold on real quick. We're going to have a little bit of dead air here. What is called the habit? Charles Duhigg. The Power of Habit. There you go. That's the book. So yeah, if you want if you want a good resource on building long-lasting habits that are going to be way better than whatever answer I'm about to give, I would definitely go check those books out. But my answer that I would give something about building long-lasting habits is you have to give a fuck about whatever it is that you're trying to actually do. Too many people try to force themselves to eat healthy because they feel like they need to or like they feel like you know, they want abs or something like that. I think it goes, it kind of goes back to the cliche, like know your why or whatever. Um, but the thing is, is I don't think you have to do to whenever you really want something. It, it's like, if you're, if your entire family is is starving, like you don't need to ask a bunch of questions and like know your why on why you need to get off your ass and go make money and get a job and things. Right. It's like, I, I don't think that you need to do a lot of soul searching there. Uh, I think it just kind of, it, it, it happens. Um, so I, I think you have to figure out some type of mindset shift or some way to frame it in your mind as to why you genuinely do give a fuck about this thing that you're trying to build a long lasting habit uh, of of whatever it is. And typically what happens is, you, you, you kind of figure that out or at least somewhat the right direction. And then you take an action in that right direction and then it's rewarding. So you get a reward for that behavior and then you consistently want to keep feeling that reward over and over again, you know? And, and, and I think that's kind of how you end up building long lasting habits is that it's, it's something that's really fucking important to you. You take actions in that right direction and then you get rewarded for those actions, uh, whether that is, you know, increased income, right? You, your, your family's starving. You need to make money. You go out, you get a job, you make money. The family's not starving anymore. Yeah. You know, that's a pretty good way to build a long lasting habit, uh, uh, to like be motivated to make work or to, uh, to make money and to go out and work and stuff. So the the thing with with long lasting habits, I think it comes down to defining your values and figuring out what the hell is really important to you, and then whatever it is that you're you're tr- trying to uh, uh, build a long lasting habit with is like how does that fit into those values, and like how can you frame it as in like I don't want these bad habits that I have now to carry on with me whenever I'm 40, 50, 60, et cetera, right? You don't want these bad habits now to turn into lifelong bad habits. And I think that can be one really good fucking motivator right there. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's reexamining your values, really figuring out beyond the surface level, uh, you know, the, the, the typical with healthy eating and exercising, it's like the typical, just you want you know, you want abs or something, or you want more defined muscles or something like that. It's like, that's for most people that typically is the starting point. That's the, that opens the door into creating healthier habits long-term. But what keeps people, uh, for, for long after that, even after they may get abs or something, because there's plenty of people who have abs and, and that was their initial goal that are still driven every single day 
to go to the gym, to eat healthy. Uh, and then it just, the, the cliche, it typically does become just a healthy lifestyle. Uh, but what people get from that is waking up in the morning and not having like a cramped stomach from eating a bunch of dog shit last night, <laughs> right? Uh, or, or after they eat a healthy meal and nutritious meal that's filled with vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients and uh, they, they come away leaving satisfied from the meal, but not completely stuffed or, uh, you know, sick feeling that they, they have that feeling of, okay, I just, I just had this meal and, uh, I feel good. I feel mobile. I feel light. Uh, I feel like I can go and actually do things and I feel energized from this meal, from these nutrients that, that I just ate. I actually feel good. And that becomes the motivator chasing that feeling. And that's, that's kind of how I've been framing things as far as, uh, getting motivated to work out and to just eat better in general. I, I just know that I feel better. And, and that's a, the thing, the thing with abs and it being a poor motivator is that you don't just eat a salad and then instantly get abs, right? It's not a, there's no instant gratification from eating that salad, but the, the instant gratification I get after a good workout or a really nutritious meal is that instant gratification of just feeling better. My overall well-being, my mood, uh, and my, my general happiness is, is higher after I do those things. Uh, obviously for, for plenty of physiological reasons, but just from a psychological standpoint, you know, I just, I, I feel good. Uh, and, and that's what keeps me coming back to it. It's like, I want to feel good after this. Um, and another weird motivator, and I'll, I'll wrap it up on this question. Another weird motivator for me as I've gotten older, I'm, I'm 26 now, I'm about to be 27. And I know some people, you know, younger are saying you're fucking whatever, that's super old. And then others who are older than me are like, ah, oh, you're fucking young as shit. So yeah, I know, I know, I get it. But as I've gotten older, I have put that into perspective. I'm like, I can't be making decisions, the same decisions that I was making whenever I'm like 18, I'm like, I'm a fucking, I'm becoming a grown ass man. Like I'm about to be 30. It's like, I, this is not a decision that a almost 30 year old should be making. So I, I literally use that grown up decision maker. And of course it doesn't always work. Right. Um, uh, but I'm just like, would a grown ass man do this? Like, would a man do this? Uh, and, and, and often the answer is no. I'm just like, I need to be a responsible fucking adult. And as weird as it sounds, that, that is, that has been a really good motivator to me to keep up with these healthy habits on a regular basis that will hopefully turn into long lasting habits. So there's your answer on that. And my throat's getting dry. Get a little sip here. Get a little hydration. See, <clears throat> This is, this is living practice right now because I'm making sure that I'm drinking water with my whiskey, right? Because you got to balance out a little bit of alcohol. Tomorrow's Monday. I've got a lot of work. I don't want to wake up with a hangover as much as I would just like to keep drinking and get drunk as shit. Um, but I'm oh, coaster got stuck to the glass there. Um, I'm not getting super drunk. I'm not getting hammered. I'm just having a little bit of Diet Coke because I know there's going to be caffeine in it. And I've already had uh, a little bit of caffeine earlier today. I don't want to be up all night. So look at me making grown ass decisions, drinking while podcasting. <laughs> 
And that said, I think there's nothing fucking wrong with drinking a little bit of whiskey or wine on a regular basis. <clears throat> okay, next question. Let's see. Um, let's do a fun one. Let's do... If you had to live your life without one of the five senses, what would you pick? All right, first off, what the fuck are all the five sentences? Five, five sentences. Five senses. I'm just going to look this up real quick. What are the human five senses? So we have sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. Um, sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. I am going to go with touch, actually. I think that one, let me see. I'm scrolling through on Google. Really great fucking content for you guys. I know you appreciate it. Um, but yeah, five sentences, five sentences, damn it. Five senses, sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. Yeah, touch. Like I don't, as long as I can see what I'm doing. And I guess as long as my hand isn't just like randomly in a fire without me knowing it or anything. Uh, but the thing is with touch, I guess it does. I don't know if touch means, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming I could feel the rest of the muscles in my body because I'm thinking of touch, like obviously with my hands and I, I can't, you know, feel this, this, this tapping on the table or, or something, or, or if I put my hand on a stove, I'm not gonna be able to feel that. But what if I was working out, right? And my muscles, because it's like, if you can't feel the sensations in your hand, what makes you not be able to feel a contraction in your chest, right? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, out of all these sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch, I definitely want to see, I definitely want to hear things. I think smell, I guess, but but the thing is smell and taste, there there's so much uh, uh, synergistic things that go on there because your, your, your ability to smell allows your tasting sensation to be amplified, uh, by, by a large amount. So, uh, I think smell and taste go together pretty well. If I couldn't smell, I don't think I would be able to taste as much. Um, actually taste might be an interesting one because if you couldn't taste, but Here's the thing. Would I, would I not have taste from birth or would it just be like now, like starting tomorrow, I can't taste anything ever again because then I can dream about like what steak tastes like or something delicious tastes like. And then, uh, you know, I can go out to eat and things and then everything is just bland nothingness. But then on the flip side, talk about making your fitness goals super fucking easy as far as nutrition goes. Like you could just become a robot because it doesn't, fucking matter you could just eat vegetables and lean protein all day and it wouldn't fucking matter you could have perfect macros and you're just like i don't give a shit i can't taste anything anyway you know i think taste would taste not having taste would be interesting but i think touch i don't give a fuck about touch that one's out all the others those are in so, so yeah there's my 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 quality answer right there um all right, is, back to the fitness one. Is collagen powder a hype or is it actually beneficial? Um, so what I have seen with collagen, and I, I know that there's, um, 
I think there's still a lot of research that needs to come out to confirm or deny things. But for the most part, I think there's been some... Uh, so first off, with with any type of supplements or, or things like this, I go to examine.com. And I would go to examine.com and I would type in collagen. Uh, and they are a really amazing source on all things supplements. And they even have some nutrition stuff as well. But it's a bias-free, at least, you know, as much as it could be, bias-free scientific resource that is very evidence-based. You can see a lot of good information on whatever supplement you can think of. uh, And it's it's all reviewed by really fucking smart people, um, way smarter than me. And they, they give it to you in very digestible and well-read and well-written uh, formats. So nice, nice little plug for examine.com. They should fucking pay me for this. Uh, but no, with collagen, for the most part, uh, it, it's, it's showing some, some good research for people who have uh, osteoarthritis and also rheumatism and, and uh, you know, benefits to joint health there. I think... For most healthy individuals, you know, you're not going to see anything crazy as far as any type of results or anything like that. The The thing is, it's definitely, it's, it doesn't seem to be unsafe. So it's like placebo effect is a real thing. So it's like, if you believe it works and you end up trying it and you're like, oh, this is fucking great. I feel way better or my joints feel way better. It's like, you know, could have just been placebo effect. It, it, it probably was the placebo effect. Um, but you know, if it works, it works. So yeah, I say that the worst that happens is you try it. I would try and be super objective on your results and how you feel and what actually happens and make sure that you also didn't like buy the supplement. And sometimes people will like buy a protein powder or something where they'll buy a pre-workout and then they will, uh, as a result of buying the pre-workout, then they get their uh, nutrition in order. They just bought a new training program. They're being more consistent on a regular basis and they're getting like amazing results. And they're like, oh yeah, it's this fucking pre-workout I'm taking. But actually it was because they just started going to the gym more. They started eating better and more on a regular basis and all these other compounding variables that they did not consider. So with collagen, for the most part, it seems like for healthy individuals, it's not going to do much. And I think it's very expensive for the most part. It's, it's going to be hype. I wouldn't worry about it too much. Um, but again, you want to try it out, go for it. Most supplements are just complete dog shit. Uh, the, the main supplements that I would recommend, which I can even just name off right off the bat are going to be like multivitamins, creatine monohydrate, uh, omega threes, caffeine, carb powders, whey protein. Whenever I say carb powders, I just mean if you're going to have some type of glucose powder or dextrose powder intra workout or or something, or if you're an athlete or or whatever. Uh, for most people, you don't have to worry about a carb powder, uh, but it does work because it's carb powders and and whey protein. They're both basically just food, so you know they're supplements sure but also it's just food so yeah of course they work um but yeah i think those all the ones oh and then you have so multivitamin so everything that's included in multivitamin so like vitamin d of course is, is going to be solid i think ashwagandha is another good one and uh ashwagandha and l-theanine those are good ones as well um 
I know spirulina. I've made a mini-sode on this before. I think you know, I th- I've referenced it a few times. I think it might be mini-sode number 38. I'm not 100% sure. But if you just go to my YouTube, you can find the, the top like six, seven, or eight supplements or something that I recommend, and you can check those out. All the other ones are basically a complete waste of money, and you would be better off just like getting more sleep or something, right? So stick with that. Okay, next question. Where are we at on time? 31 minutes? Oh, we're solid. We are solid. Um, next question. Oh, so what is one of the most motivational books you've read? Real quick, if you guys heard anything in the background, that little noise is Carl, my cat. He is behind me running around playing with something but it's all good it's all good uh so what is one of the most motivational books you've read um whatever i read this question i it was very difficult for me to pinpoint one book because motivational whenever you say um, the most motivational book you've read it's just such a broad application it's like motivation for what right? Like motivation to work, like motivation to not work, motivation to have gratitude, motivation to work on my relationships. It's like, you know, there's so many different things that could be motivating about a certain book that apply to other areas of your life. And so whenever I thought about that, I was thinking about different compartments of what certain books would help me with, right? And so for Uh, just just to name off just a couple that have really influenced my life a lot. And if you followed me or listened to other ones, I'm sure I've probably referenced one or two of these um, before and probably someone else has too. But the the, the first one would be work-related, so career-related. Career is a hard word to say whenever you're a little bit tipsy. (laughs) Um, But Deep Work by Cal Newport. He was a professor at MIT. Uh, really smart computer engineer, I believe. Um, but he, he's the author of Deep Work, and it's it, it's all about basically uh, avoiding distractions, honing in your concentration, uh, staying off your phone, and and deep work is is basically long periods of time where you're intensely focused on the task at hand without distraction, uh, and it just facilitates very deep thinking idea generation, just the best quality work that you could possibly uh, produce uh, and, and, and the best critical thinking skills that could come from very deep, un- uninterrupted work. Uh, deep work is a very, uh, it gives you the conceptual framework behind everything that he's saying uh, and, and how you can uh, also practically fit that into your life. So something, I, I, and I put that in the motivating books category because taking action on your career and and furthering your career and skills of of honing in deep focus on shit that's very important like i i find that extremely motivating like taking action and then of course seeing results on the action that you've taken uh yeah deep work is is an amazing book on that other books would be so on just overall 
life perspective and and things like that i would definitely say uh and and these two books are definitely ones that are probably recommended before but it's it's survival in auschwitz by primo levy and uh, i know that you know it's just like typical it's like of course you're going to reference a a holocaust book or something like that and mention gratitude and perspective but it's just there there is no substitute for reading a firsthand experience on just what pure evil is you know like most people just don't comprehend can't comprehend the level of evilness basically and just abhorrent uh experiences that some of these people went through and especially whenever it's written so elegantly and just so uh honest and just it's just it's it's very raw and real and it you just you cannot have a bad day after reading it to be honest and and of course like I, I'm not saying to to just use it as a as a prop or anything like that. I think that that era of time and and just I think avoiding evil in the world or trying to yeah so trying to avoid it or trying to suppress it or trying to act as if it doesn't exist or that you've never had like a, a of course I'm not saying I've had the evil thoughts of the, that can compare with with Auschwitz, but I think to think that you're just this amazing person that could never do anything evil. I think that you haven't done enough deep looking inside, whatever you want to call it, the shadow work, things like that, just realizing what people could be capable of and what your life could be if you just had a different roll of the dice. You know, like some people, they just, they were fucking born a Jew. And then these fucking Nazis will exterminate you. And it's just like, what what are the fucking, like... Yeah. So anyway, survival in Auschwitz, I think that is a very motivating book on just being a fucking good person, being thankful, having perspective, uh, and just really kind of also examining yourself as you read through those things, uh, and experiences. I think that it's, it's really good as well. Uh, and let's see another book that was really good, uh, I think th- this is one that many people mention uh, as well, but th- the subtle art of not giving a fuck that that book is it, it's awesome for just overall mindset and just like it's just a fun read, uh, but it covers everything from like understanding emotions and just uh, not caring as much what what other people think, uh, you know, given given by the by the title and just pursuing your your values and how to figure those out and I actually haven't read it in a while uh, I think it even covers a few relationship stuff uh, but just just overall examining your your outlook on life I think that that book is 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 helpful and and figuring out your values and uh, caring about what other people think I think that's a definitely that's always Mark Manson is always a treat uh, if you want to do a book on money, which is, again, that's why I'm saying motivational books, uh, getting my money in order and and trying to make sure that my finances are in check, that can be very fucking motivating. Uh, so the book that I would recommend for that, and of course, I'm no fucking expert, but this guy seems to know his shit and, uh, you know, my bullshit detector doesn't go off 
very hard for him. Um, but it's by a guy named Ramit Seti. And I know the book is going to sound like complete bullshit, but it's called, I will teach you to be rich. Um, and again, don't judge it off the title, but the, the actual book itself is filled with amazing resources and a step-by-step guide. I think it's like a six week program or whatever, uh, to get out of debt. And it gives you places to, to, um, you know, good banks and then figuring out credit card debt and, uh, you know, getting a raise at work as far as including scripts and negotiating out of different bills and things and, uh, where to invest into like a Roth IRA, like which Roth IRAs would he recommend all these different, uh, money, monetary resources that me as a science major, I'm going to have no fucking idea. Right. So that's, that's another good motivational book. Um, hold on one sec. Let me, this is going to be the last one on this because this is fucking answers going way too long. Um, I'm checking out my bookshelf that's right next to me. I think, oh yeah, two ones, two of them real quick. One of them is going to be essentialism. This one is more of a, it's, it's also a productivity book. Um, but it's just about caring, uh, or, or getting the, right things done. So not getting more things done, but getting the right things done. His big thing about essentialism is doing less, but better. And this is why I have fitness essentialism. It's, it's basically about what can you focus on? What can you spend most of your energy on to get the highest possible outcomes for the uh, smallest amount of work? basically. Um, but essentialism by Greg McEwen or McKeon, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce his last name is a great one. And then another one is called anything you want by Derek Sivers. If you're an entrepreneur, I highly recommend it anything you want, but even if you're not an entrepreneur and you just want a refreshing view of life and it's like 80 pages or something, I highly recommend checking it out as well. Um, okay. That's enough for the motivational books. I hope some of those help you guys out here. All right. Next question is let's do, I hope you guys hear the siren in the background. It makes it David. If you hear that, don't cut it out. I want to, I want it to be very, very raw and real for the folks at home. Um, let's see. Do you recommend gaining experience coaching clients in person before jumping into online coaching. This is from Andrew. Shout out to Andrew. And yeah, for the other questions, I just didn't say anybody's names because they were on Instagram and I didn't want to uh, say somebody's name who maybe didn't want me to say their name. But Andrew gave me permission to say his name. So he says, do you recommend gaining experience coaching clients in person before jumping into online coaching? Thank you for your positive energy. Thank you, Andrew, for your positive energy. Um, Here's the thing. It's probably a good idea. It's definitely a good idea. How about how about I say that? If if you have the opportunity to go somewhere at least for maybe six months to twelve months to gain a little bit of experience and to honestly even uh, here's the thing: like you're going to gain experience, but you're also going to gain uh, possible relationships with with people and and with clients and things that you can follow up with later on in life even if they drop off with you after a month or something you can always follow up with them later after you stop working at a gym or, or something like that and then you could say hey i'm doing online coaching we had a great time uh you know etc cetera, etc cetera, just reaching out 
would you you know be interested of course you could you could figure out how to pitch it a little bit better than that um but you can make relationships, you can gain experience, you can talk with the managers and the staff there, ask a bunch of questions uh, to people, at least, you know, if they seem like they know what they're doing, as far as even just like selling, maybe they have really good selling skills, they may not be the best coach as far as knowledge goes. But as far as selling and people skills and communication, it's like that is huge. Just it's just as important uh, in online coaching as it's as it's going to be in in uh real person coaching, real person coaching. Everyone's fake online. Um, in-person coaching is what I meant to say. So there, there's plenty of, of valuable skills that you can learn from coaching people in person. I think that if you spend, uh, and, and so like with that being said, I'm not as adamant about it as some other people are in the fitness industry. I think sometimes people say that more so just of ego and it sounds like the right thing. But like for me, so I, I had about six months of interning at a strength and conditioning gym and I, I, you know, I shadowed under people who were, who knew what the fuck they were doing. They knew a lot of shit about uh, training and, and how to work with people, real humans and, and talk them through things and problem solve and critically think and all of that good stuff. And I think it was definitely helpful. Um, do I think that I could have not done it and still been where I am today? If I'm being 100% honest, I think yes. I think if you are as obsessive maybe as I was with learning about training and nutrition and motivational interviewing and just talking to people and figuring out how to be the best coach possible, I think the fact, uh, and I know a little bit about you, Andrew, because we've actually worked together Um as you've been one of my clients, but I think just the fact that you're asking this question and being, you're being thoughtful about this is a, is a good indicator that you would, uh, because caring about the person and making sure that you aren't just in it for the money or trying to get one past them, uh, past the client or something is going to be, that's huge, right? That's, that's the main, making sure that your intent is pure and genuine that's going to be one of the most important things. Of course, it's definitely good to make sure you have a good foundational knowledge of, of diet and exercise to make sure you don't hurt the person because it is very serious. But what I'm getting at it here is it seems like you're going to take it very seriously if you're asking this question in the first place. So do I think it's 100% necessary? No, I do not. Do I think that there are tons of pros to doing it? Absolutely. Uh, and, and also you get a steady paycheck. So what I would say is do both fucking do both. If you can, like I would go, I would go and work a little bit at a gym. And whenever I say do both, I mean, uh, because sometimes you're not going to be able to work at a gym and then also do online coaching. But what I would say is work at the gym, but then in your free time, you know, make Instagram content, make a website, figure out all of the, the business side of things. Uh, I would say do both especially if you don't have, you have tons of time on your hands. It's like make the steady paycheck from in-person coaching, save up as much money as you possibly can. And then maybe whenever you're in a little bit of safer spot, you've built up just a little bit of a nest egg. You can make that jump into online coaching full time. And uh, uh, yeah, then you're going to be in a good spot. So is it helpful? Yes, absolutely. Do I think it's absolutely necessary? I actually do not, which is not a super popular opinion. And maybe if I heard, if I went back and forth with a few other more experienced coaches with me on the subject, maybe they would, uh, you know, put me in my place, but 
as for now, with my experience, I don't think it's 100% necessary. Um, okay, where are we at time-wise? 47 minutes. Okay, we're all set. Hold on. A little sippy sip of the Irish whiskey. I don't know why I keep saying it. Um, okay. Does quality slash price of multivitamins matter? Uh, well, I think the quality definitely matters because there's certain forms of vitamins and minerals that are more um, bioavailable than others, right? So if you have, take magnesium, for example, magnesium oxide is actually a pretty shitty form of magnesium, but magnesium citrate or magnesium glycinate are two other types of magnesium that are going to be easier on the stomach. Magnesium oxide can, uh, it just causes some, uh, digestive issue issues and you can have diarrhea and shit. And sometimes it's actually used f to help people who are constipated and things to use magnesium oxide. Uh, but things like magnesium citrate and glycinate are going to be absorbed uh, a little bit better, uh, in things like that. So uh, yes, the, the quality of the multivitamin is definitely going to matter. And often is that correlated with a higher price? Probably, uh, I, f in the, for most, I would say, yes, the higher price probably indicates that it might be a little bit higher quality, but of course there's going to be diminishing returns there. Some people are just marketing nonsense and they're trying to charge way too high for a multivitamin, uh, and try to just get you on the marketing as opposed to how much the, the, the product is actually worth. And so I would anytime with, with supplements and things, I would, I would look into the, the third party, third party, the third party testing and check the label for, for different things. Um, but, but typically most supplement sites that are, are worth their salt. If you go on their website and things, you can, you can look into, uh, their, their quality testing, their certifications, all that other good stuff. I just take a, a one a day from, uh, maybe that's the brand one a day Centrum, something, something like that. Uh, ones that have been around for a very long time. And then I would also make sure that with the multi multivitamins, you take the daily value percentage on them. So whenever you look on the nutrition label, make sure that they're just not like outrageously high in, in multiple different vitamins. Cause so many people just think that more is better, but if it says like a hundred percent of your daily value for, for most of them, like on, on vitamin A and then, uh, you know, vitamin C and then all the, all these other ones, if it's around a hundred percent or maybe even a little bit higher for maybe some of the, uh, B vitamins, maybe so water soluble vitamins, uh, they're, that's, that's completely fine because an excess of B vitamins, you're just going to piss out anyway, right? They're water soluble. So you piss them out, but fat soluble vitamins. So like A, D, E, K, all of those vitamins are fat soluble and higher dosages of those could actually be dangerous because they're stored in the fat cells a little bit longer. <sighs> yeah. All that fun stuff. Look at me. How fucking smart I am. That nutrition degree, it paid off. <laughs> Uh, drinking drinking whiskey on a Sunday, doing a podcast, talking to you guys. Um, okay, we're almost done here. Let's see. Do you struggle with binge eating? Luckily, I do not. 
Um, but I do have a YouTube video that you can check out, uh, a mini-sode on binge eating. Uh, I don't remember which one it was. It's one of the earlier ones, but I, I did an entire video on bitch eating. So if you do need help with that, I 1000% recommend you go and check that out. Best New York Slice. Uh, this is from Tag. Thank you, Tag, for always being a homie and asking questions and uh, being a client and all your support over the years. Um, best New York Slice, I have no idea, dude, to be 100% honest. I've been here for like less than a month, and I don't feel like I'm any in any position to give that type of review just yet. Uh, I would go more for a native New Yorker on that. But some, some of the pizzas and things uh, that we've, we've, we've had, have they've been... They've been delicious. One place here, it's called Pizzarte, P-I-Z-Z-A-R-T-E. Their margarita pizza was absolutely scrumptious, and we've had it a few times. So there you go. That's a good place that you could actually go to if you come here. Um, okay, almost done, almost done. Uh, oh, how many? This is, we, we may, we may end up, I don't know. How many... <laughs> How many third graders would it take to kill you? All right, guys, this is the, this is the drunk, this is for some reason, the drunk cast, uh, golden question. I wish I had some cool editing and things where just the, the, the drunk cast golden question would, would come up every time this question was answered. Because for some piece, for some reason, people like whenever I talk about fighting small children, because there's been two other drunk casts that, have I think it was in drunk cast like one and two both they asked me how many uh whatever uh eight-year-olds I could I could take in a fight or something so I'm going to take a sip of this whiskey and uh, I'm going to tell you how many third graders it would take to kill me oh and he also says no weapons so here's the deal third graders third graders are what like third graders are going to be like eight to ten year olds Right. Hold on. Let me let me do some some quick some quick uh, Google searches here. Third third grade math. Yeah, that's probably what I fucking need. Third grade age. Oh, we type that in. Eight years old. It's still fucking eight year olds. Everybody wants to know how many eight year olds I can take. Um, so he said no weapons. I remember I specifically listened to an older drunk cast where I answered this question except i could have weapons and i talked about being in a dick sporting goods and taking the high ground on top of uh i don't know some type of big shoe rack or or, or some type of platform where i could get the high ground on the kids because eight-year-olds they're not going to be super tall right but if i was in a dick sporting goods i could get the high ground i would put on football pads so shoulder pads and then i would also have um uh, what's it called? I would also have like catcher's gear on, on my, on my legs. And then I would use a baseball bat and I, oh, I'd also have a football helmet on, of course, and cleats as well, because the spikes on the bottom, you could fuck a kid's face up <laughs> and stop. I'm a registered dietitian guys. I'm a health professional. Um, but yeah, that's what I would do. If I could have weapons, I would, I would have cleats. I would have on a catcher's mitt, uh, equipment on my legs. I would have a rib protector, uh, like a football rib protector, uh, padding and shit, and then a shoulder pads, football helmet, and a baseball bat. And I would beat the shit out of some kids. 
<laughs> um, but how many third grade? And so for that answer, whenever I could use all of that stuff and have the high ground at exporting goods, I said 30 to 40. But if we're going to say how many of them would it take to kill me if I didn't have any weapons at all? <sighs> this would be interesting. And if anybody, if anybody knows where these questions sometimes come, like, I, I hope the first person that asked this, maybe this person even got the, the inspiration as well. But in Family Guy, Peter talks about doing this. And I think that his tactic is really good. He talks about getting in a stall, a bathroom stall, and pinning himself, his, putting his back against the wall, and then putting his arms up on the sides to stabilize himself. And he said that he would have them all funnel into, of course he said this in fewer and more witty words than I'm doing right now, but he would funnel them in to the front of the bathroom stall and then he would just kick them in the face like as they came in. Like you would just literally, it'd be kind of like a leg press motion. I would just be just kicking like crazy at them. And I would say I would I would continue to do that. So I would I would make sure that, and I don't think I would use, I would use a bathroom stall if the walls went all the way up to the very top. You see what I'm saying? So I'm trying to, I, I would probably be in a corner um, or actually, I don't know, maybe that would be a bad idea. Maybe I would need to be more mobile because your boy played played running back and cornerback in, in football in high school. So I, I could be pretty mobile and I'm definitely going to be fucking faster than the kids. And so maybe I would just like run around. And so, hmm maybe some type of like playground type thing might be interesting. I don't know. I think maybe, maybe yeah, maybe some, oh, a playground would also be interesting because if, so say you're like on the monkey bars or something and then you, you literally get up some momentum and uh, you're, you're swinging around and then you just swing right into kicking some kids. You know what I'm saying? Like you could run around in different plates, places of the, playground and uh yeah i could i could kick people and and punch them in in one part of the playground i would go to another one and you know maybe slide down the slide and get away from them and then as they were coming down the slide i'd like punch them in the face or something um (laughs) what a weird scenario this is and what a weird question this is but it's 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 fun to think about. Uh, so, so yeah, I think a playground would be, it'd be quite interesting to, to do that. Or maybe like a, like a Walmart or something like a super center. And there would be tons of places that I could hide. And then the kids would be like running around and I would just, you know, it'd be like a scary movie. Like you just secretly just grab one kid while you're, you're in, <laughs> I'm going to be taken out of context. I'm going to be canceled very soon. Um, Maybe in like 20 years, whenever I have a bigger audience, uh, talk about grabbing kids. Uh, but no, I'm just saying like a kid would run by or they'd be walking there. Like, Where the fuck did he go? And then just out of nowhere, I just grab them and then you hear screaming and then they break their neck. I twist their neck or something. Um, <laughs> uh, how many, so how many third graders would it take to kill you? If I was doing that, I don't know, man, maybe it, if now that I'm thinking about it, I could, I could maybe go 30 to 50 range with no weapons. If I got really smart about it, like, like with the Walmart thing, if, or if I go in a playground or something and I had a little bit of different support around me, uh, as far as the, the element of surprise and maybe the like darkness or something, I could turn off the lights and they wouldn't have no fucking clue and they'd be scared because the little kids, um, I could kill them that way. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe maybe in 40 to 50 range. I think I, 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 under, I was short-sighted with my previous responses whenever I was at a Dick's Sporting Goods. Um, so, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, all right, I think that is going to be... There was another one asked by somebody, and I didn't think that I was going to answer it. Maybe I'll do it real quick, but it was my thoughts on COVID. And my thoughts on COVID is to listen to the professionals and don't listen to a goddamn registered dietitian or personal trainer because I have no fucking idea. All I know is that it's really shitty that people are dying whenever the virus is spread, but it's also really shitty that people can't fucking work and make money and support their families. And so I don't even know if it's an either or situation, but my thoughts on COVID are fucking just listen to the professionals. They probably have a much better idea than we do or than what your uncle Mike says on fucking Facebook, right? Don't, don't listen to them and don't act like you understand epidemiology or virology or public health issues or statistics or biology and science and all other fucking hard things. It's very difficult. These things are very complex and very complicated, and we can't even begin to scratch the surface on how difficult they are to give appropriate advice on. So yeah, I should have stopped on the fucking fighting third graders. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my thoughts on COVID, but we are reaching an hour and my whiskey is now gone. So I think I am going to call this a wrap on this drunk cast Q and a, as always, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you listening in. Hope you got a little bit of extra knowledge on this one and just some random tidbits especially about the third graders one. I hope you guys enjoyed that one as much as I did. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's a wrap. I'm going to crush, I'm going to crush this whiskey real quick on air. <sighs> Some good stuff. That Irish whiskey from, from Conor McGregor, who might be arrested right now. I, and I, I keep doing the voice. Um, okay, that is it for this drunk cast Q&A. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, and I will catch you guys soon. Okay. See ya. And that is that, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the More Than Fitness podcast. And please, if you could help me out a little bit here and leave a rate and review in iTunes and also take a screenshot and post it up on your IG story. Tag me at Matt McLeod six. I'd love to share it. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast and also so that we can share the word with other people. I would love to build up this community, build up this tribe of people that we have like you and I, uh, and get the word out there. Uh, also, if you want more free content, you can check the links in the description. I have my free four week workout plan, the ultimate physique development. And also if you want to work with me online, one-on-one for personal coaching, you can check the link in the description as well. Uh, and anything you else you need, please send me an email, send me a DM. I would love to hear from you again. Thank you so much for listening.